Welcome back to Keeping It Real with Moni and Lonnie. We are super excited for today's conversation. We're going to be talking about Black feminism and what Black feminism really means to us. Uh, but without further ado, our traditional sharing tweets. Moni, what's your tweet of the week? I got a good one for y'all. So <laughs> the tweet is, not you sharing that Malcolm X quote about Black women being the most disrespected group in America only to meal for a group of men that blatantly disrespects you and the collective you're group with. And they said real clown girl shit and they put the clown uh, emoji. I'm just sitting here like, yes, it's clearly a sub at Megan. Honestly, like, I really like Megan, but this was an L she took and it needed to be addressed, honey, because she was out here using like Malcolm X's quote, which I think is like one of the most important quotes about like, bringing light to flat black feminism because usually people are like oh that's not that's not an important thing but I feel like people don't realize how disrespected black women is and so for her to use that quote and then just like make it seem like it's an everyday thing I was like sis you made us all look crazy in these streets but yeah how do you feel about that whole thing um one thing that irritated me actually was how she used in her performance I don't know if anyone else has listened to it but like the way she did that quote being read by Malcolm X to her singing Savage, I was I can't. Like, the seriousness in that quote is so, it's so important to reflect on because the quote's purpose was to be taken seriously. And so when you attach it to a performance and then have a song like Savage, and I'm telling y'all, like, I, I mess with Megan's music. Like, I love her. But having that attached to a song like Savage didn't really seem like it was paying homage to what Malcolm X was trying to say. And I just feel like a lot of people have been disrespecting Black women by simply just sharing that quote and not really understanding the depth of what it really was meant to be. You know, like, I just can't hear that and be like okay I'm okay with this in the way that it's being the way it's being presented when it's actually being very disrespectful and I just I mean Meg overall the way she's been doing things a little wishy-washy but <laughs> no I agree with everything you said and it also irritates me because if you think about the time that Malcolm X was saying this quote there was a huge you know movement and awareness of like you know, the abuse that Black people face in this country. So it's like, it's very important to highlight Black women because, you know, we're usually just kind of drop kick to the side. So when he was highlighting us and being like, yo, you need to listen to this. This is some real shit. And then she's out here using it for a song. It's like, damn, you just downplayed the whole thing. And then not to forget that, like, in her little video that she did, that I had originally thought was empowering, but like looking back on it, it's like she definitely erased the identity of Black women by lumping us in with like women of color and our experiences. So it was like, it was just an L all week. So I feel like people are really roasting her because she had like multiple situations where it's like, no, you could have just talked about the experience of a Black woman, you know, something that you experience and identify with, but you had to make it about everybody. It's like, yikes. One thing she really messed up on was personalizing this issue to herself too much. Um, I think it's important that we do find ourselves when it comes to these movements because it it allows us to connect with the movement and the, the meaning behind the movement. But when you're using a movement to give light to your situations and it's harmful in the way that it actually is supposed to portray all women, it becomes just very clout chasing like. Um, and I'm not saying that she's trying to get clout off of her situation because that's her situation. At the end of the day, she can do what she wants with it. But it's like the way that she's using black feminism, black women to kind of push her narrative is a little concerning for me because let's be honest, she was not talking about these issues a couple months ago. Like it wasn't until she got shot and which is you know also unfortunate she did not deserve that but it was until that moment happened for her is when she actually decided to start interacting with this this whole issue and the way that she has only highlighted two types of abuse that happened towards black women which is brianna taylor and her it kind of makes me feel like she's very ignorant to a lot of the stuff that happens to black women and it's also making me feel a little uncomfortable because it seems like 
that's all she understands from what black women being unprotected looks like. So if she could just, you know, not overuse black women to the point where it seems like what we're saying is cliche or stupid, it would be really nice because I honestly kind of found it a little bit of a slap in the face the way she twice said women of color, knowing that she had been exclaiming that Black women are unprotected. Black women are being abused. Black women are, you know, all these things. It just seemed like the moment she said women of color, it was like, oh, that was just for show. Like, it was just a disregard. And I I felt like me and other Black women were feeling very pushed away and very blanketed in that moment. So, and if y'all don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about her video that she posted this past week, as well as the scholarship she's offering and she's offering it to women of color, which is really weird because she knows the systemic neglection that black women receive in the education system and that the access to funds to uh, pay off school is already hard enough on black women that the fact that you would make a scholarship that's not specifically designed for them and to help them with those needs was really weird and that you just went off to just women of color. But I digress. (laughs) I was just going to ask you actually a question following up to that made me think about, you know, the place celebrities have in our society nowadays, like, they are unfortunately the spokespeople for our current movements, right? Like, whether they like it or not, you know, publicists ask them shit, or they decide that they can speak on behalf of it, even though, yes, they do identify with the Black struggle, but I think a lot of them are far removed once they, you know, reach a a certain level of, you know, money and wealth that, you know, they didn't have before doesn't remove them from the experience of racism. I guess my question is, how do you feel about our Black celebrities, you know, Black women, Black men, just people in our community who make it to the top, who use their platform to, like, speak on it? Do you think it's more hurtful for her to do this and speak on something that's, you know, the umbrella of, like, women of color when she was really trying to talk about Black women? Or is it better that she just, you know, keeps it pushing and just, you know, just doesn't say anything? Because I'm conflicted. Like, I think the exposure is good if it's done right. But I also feel like it can be more hurtful to our communities when you're like basically blocking out our real views and our real experiences. Because that's kind of what she did with the video. She made it seem like we all experience the same shit when it's like, nah, bro, the experience of a black woman is not the same of every other woman of color. And it's not no oppression Olympics, but it's just that's that's the real facts. So I guess how do you feel about like celebrities feeling comfortable enough to speak on things that, you know, they don't maybe fully understand, but feel obligated to speak on because of their platform? Yeah, I think um, a really big thing, and it's also going to connect to my tweet, but before I do my tweet, I'm going to answer that question. I think it's a huge line that needs to be spoken about when it comes to celebrities and speaking on social issues and that they benefit off of elitism and capitalism. And when you very much are in a higher class position, you perpetuate classism when you speak on social issues that obviously you do not have a disadvantage from. And I feel like even though Megan was maybe coming from a a very innocent place, it did come off as very harmful when she used it to kind of, I would say, amplify her situation. And I think it's important that her and other Black women artists are very careful on not trying to take too much light away from these issues because they are able to get protection in ways that some Black women on the ground cannot. And there's a lot of Black women on the ground that are currently doing a lot of this work that could be highlighted instead of them trying to speak on these issues. There's a lot of Black women that are very educated in Black feminism that deserve to have a space and a platform that they get to speak on these issues because they understand systemically how it looks like and that they're not speaking off of a place of, well, this is, this is my current situation and this is why I, under- I understand this. It's I am very educated in this and I actually understand how this systemically hurts everyone. It's not like a personalized thing. And that's the, I think that's a huge thing that's, you know, Ava DuVernay, whatever, she, how her name is said. Is it uh, Ava DuVernay? I don't know how you say her DuVernay. name. DuVernay. Um, I don't know, one of those. Yeah, she she has irritated me. Basically, she, 
at first had me very empowered as a, a black woman because she was amplifying the voices of the black community. And she did that by making films that were not traditional to the film industry, like When They See Us, which was about me, The Exonerated Five. And it, when that movie came out, it was very influential for a lot of us because we have never seen a film that portrayed white supremacy in the way that it looked to us and the way that we as a Black community have constantly dealt with the suppression from white supremacy. And so it just hurt me to know that she then flipped and used her elitism and her popularity to literally disrespect so much Black people by trying to not acknowledge the fact that Black communities are disproportionately affected by voter suppression, by disenfranchisement, all these things, and was like, y'all deserve what comes for y'all if y'all don't fix Trump being in office. And it's like, people of color, especially Black people, are not deserving of any type of repercussion for what president goes into office, what senators go into office. Like, stop blaming victims for the system that they're in. Like, stop. It's not cute. And the fact that she, as a Black woman, was okay with saying that without even thinking about how that hurts how many millions of Black people in America was very disappointing and very hurtful. And knowing that she has that popularity and people were speaking out against her, she was using her, literally her platform to then disengage with those people, even trying to get one Black woman fired from her job. So it was just... You know, like there, of course, Black women at the end of the day, yes, we are at a higher rate going to be abused by the system. But it's like, are you going to highlight that or are you going to contribute to that? And that's that's what some people, especially celebrities, really need to start differentiating. And I'm not blaming Black women celebrities and that they have to take that power into their own hands and they have to be careful. It's like you created that space where you felt like it was okay for you to start speaking on these issues come correct or don't do it. And that's it. <laughs> Which connects back to my tweet by Chuck Todd's Shamble Bangs. I don't know what <laughs> the Twitter name is. Uh, they said Ice Cube went from F the police to Blue Lives Matter. Black women told y'all about that ashy clown. And <laughs> I think it's super funny that everyone who or just not even everyone, excuse me, let me not give enough clout to those people. Uh, black women were consistently talking about Ice Cube's so-called, um, what was his plan? It was like the promises to black America. Yeah. And I was like, who is this man who has been a celebrity rich <laughs> and has literally not understood social issues on lower income to poor people for more than a couple decades I was like what was going on here homeboy I just it for me it was like I, I this is once again connecting back to celebrities talking about social issues there needs to be a separation of your elitism and your classism and how you benefit off of it do not talk about issues that revolve around everyone when you do not fit with the vast majority you are the 10 percent of black wealth that is literally presented in America. Please stop trying to represent all of us because none of us have money like that compared to you. There's only 10% of y'all. I was going to say, it reminds me of when like Dr. Umar would be like, I'm so sick of the black bourgeoisie trying to speak for the rest of the black community. Because I really felt that in my soul because it really sucks. Like, yeah, there's people in those spaces who like know what they're on and know where they came from and know that just because they have wealth, that doesn't mean progress for the rest of the black community because it doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, like capitalism doesn't work that way unless, you know, that person is directly working towards the liberation of black people and all black people. It's just not going to work that way. So I think it's very, for me, I think the ice cube switch was like super weird just because of like his history and like, NWA and how he's like very, been very vocal but at the same time I think he just kind of realized that like he already got his clout with his you know woke phase and that he didn't need to indulge in that anymore because it wasn't necessary you know we're in a different time in a different era so it just sucks that like celebrities can pick up on those things and just go with how they're feeling that day and it, I feel like it dilutes the movement because then it looks like we're just out here asking for a little list of promises like 
people weren't a whole revolution trying to fight the system. You know, it just dumbs it down, dumbs down every single effort that the Black community have been putting forth, you know, since they've been in America. It just kind of makes it look like, oh, we just have a little, you know, list of demands. If you don't mind looking at them, Massa, it's like, he's not going to give you shit. He don't like you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, he might cut you a check because you are, like, you're the face at the end of the day, right? People don't realize that, like, he could be that pawn of selling to Black America. Like, yo, I got this this list. Like, it's really going to work out. Like, you know, I got Trump with me. Like, no, like, that's not how it's going to play out in the end. And so I feel like either Ice Cube is, like, playing into the game and, like, he knows what the end result is and he just wants to be, like, the pawn because there's something in it for him or he genuinely believes this will work, which is also very scary because I'm like, you do know that this system wasn't built to help people like us, right? Like, I hope you know that. So that was my initial thoughts. I'm very sad because, you know, if Trump becomes president and this is what we're doing, it's just, I'm sorry, it's not it's not sitting right with my soul. It's just not. Yeah, I think also one thing people forget is that celebrities are not the spokespersons for movements, especially Black movements. We did not put Black celebrities at the forefront of our movements because we want them to amplify the voices of the movement. No, we just asked for solidarity, okay? Like, don't, it's not synonymous. Do not be a spokesperson when no one asked you to. Do not take seats at the table when no one asked you to. Be the server. Give us the drink. No one asked you to sit there and try to put your input in the conversation. You're not educated on Black issues. You're not sitting there at the forefront of these issues. You're not the creator of the movements. So why is it that you feel so inclined to speak on behalf of all of us and on behalf of the movement? It just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, why, why do you feel so comfortable in that space? Megan did not have to be the spokesperson for Black women. But when you constantly are pushing for this agenda of trying to be seen as the person who's going to always talk about black women and then you fuck up and you say things like women of color. Yes. People are going to hold you accountable because you took that seat when no one asked you to take that seat. Same thing for Ava. No one told you to be the head, the freaking face of voting. No one asked you that. But when you decided to take a seat at the table to be a spokesperson for voting in the black community, and then you say some, some dumb ignorant shit. Yes. People are going to hold you accountable in the same way that ice cube, took a seat at the table and tried to speak on behalf of what black America needs when no one asked him to. And now he's getting called out because he's partnering up with freaking 45. No one asked. And yes, you're going to get called out for that because who is asking you guys to speak on behalf of these issues? No one. You decided to sit at the table. So don't get mad at the repercussions that come with it. Don't get mad. And that's it. I also want to say, like, this is not to play into the idea of, like, elitism and that those who are, like, educated by the book and, you know, carry the PhDs and carry the doctorates are the only, you know, people who can speak for the Black community. This is not to say that at all. I think lived experience is enough to speak on the systemic oppression we all face because we see that shit every day. Like, it's not to say that, but it's also disappointing when, you know, social media you know, politics, they know the game they're playing. They know that people who make it into those spaces are not necessarily educated. Of course, there's far and few that may be educated who don't maybe have the energy or want to speak on these things. And, you know, that's a choice you have to make for yourself. But I think it also just sucks that regardless of who ends up in those spaces, we already know the game they're playing. They're always going to ask that celebrity. So, you know, how do you feel about BLM when they don't give a shit? They don't even know what BLM stands for, you know? So it's like, there's always that expectation from society that they will have an answer because of the identity they hold. And so it's either like either get with it and, you know, be educated in the your community or just don't speak on it. But we've already created this culture that, you know, celebrities have the right to speak on how they feel because of the classist, you know, title that they carry, which is so annoying and so ignorant. But that's where we're at in 2020. Love it. Yeah. And just like quickly before we, you know, cause I, I don't want to keep talking about this. But yeah, just like quickly highlighting that too, is that you are very much free to say whatever happens to you and how it connects to a movement. But it's like, just don't try to be the face of it. Don't try to sit there and say that you can speak on behalf of everyone when you are not everyone. And if you take a seat at the table, just know that there are responsibilities that come with that. If you are not able to carry those responsibilities, don't take the seat in the first place. And that's all we're saying. 
Like y'all can sit there. If you want to be the face of a movement, great. But know that what the responsibilities come with it on making sure you represent everybody. Yes, people will call you out if you're not representing them and you're being problematic as fuck. Like, no, you don't need to do that. Don't sit at the table if you're not ready to take that responsibility. But moving on from this, because honestly, we could talk about this all day. What is the difference between feminism and black feminism to you, Mani? That is a whole deep question, but I feel like it's now it's like almost becoming mainstream because everybody just loves to talk about black issues now that BLM has resurfaced these past couple months. Um, but I think for me, one of the biggest difference is feel like when I was first introduced to feminism, like when I was, I want to say like high schools, when I was really like trying to understand the terminology on white, uh, white feminism, because I was around white women all the time. I was like, what is this feminism stuff? Because I was like, y'all are always talking about it. I'm out here worried about racism. Like, what's up? Like, what, what's going on? You know, I hadn't fully uh, conceptualized intersectionality. So whenever we talked about feminism, it was always from the scope of white women. So I was always wondering, I was like, is this what feminism is supposed to be? Like, is, am I just not a part of this movement? And so I distinctly remember having a conversation in high school about whether or not we self-identify as feminists. And I distinctly remember saying that I don't identify with feminism in the way that it's scoped today because it really only highlights white women and the struggles that white women face. And as a Black woman, I just I don't relate with that. And especially as a black Muslim woman, I don't see myself in that movement. And I remember a lot of white women try to come for me talking about how can you not be a feminist? Like you're hella weird, da 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 da. And I was like, y'all only talk about, you know, why you don't show your, shave your armpits. I'm worried about why black women are dying at a higher rate. I'm worried about, you know, why I don't feel safe outside. You know, it's like the levels to like what we were talking about were very different. And it's not to say that white women don't feel safe because, you know, all women don't feel safe but it was just the the depthness of our conversations weren't there. And whenever I mentioned that, you know, race is a big issue for me in addition to feminism, they couldn't fathom that. So I was like, okay, so feminism's not it. But when this fact, black feminism thing came up, I was like, this is me. I can identify fully with this uh, this whole thing because at the end of the day, I don't have to pick and choose which I, which part of my identity matters more. And I feel like before I had to pick, it was like, okay, you're black first. You got to let that feminism stuff go because you're just doing too much. And so I feel like black feminism like lets me encompass my full self and like uh, what I need as a black woman. I don't have to like dumb it down. Like I feel like with it came, when it came to feminism in the first wave, I always felt like we all had to be like, yeah, feminism, even though we didn't identify with it because it didn't represent us and it never was for us. I mean, historically, that was the case. Every time there was a push for feminism, it was white feminism. When it came to voting, when it came to any type of rights, we were always left in the dust. So it's like, why would I associate myself with this type of feminism? It's just not for me and it never was for me. So that's kind of how I've grown to like really love and appreciate Black feminism because I feel like this is the one space I can bring my whole self to the table. But yeah, how do you feel about the difference or what what is the difference between feminism and black feminism to you shout out to Bonnie because she came strong strong okay your honor oh. <laughs> for me I think that's exactly just kind of the same situation that I had I constantly was battling with the term feminism just because it seemed so generalized and a lot of the issues that happen with women are not generalized a lot of the issues that happen in the context and demographic of women are completely different. And the way that things statistically hit groups of women are very important to highlight. And I felt like Black and Indigenous women were constantly being pushed under the rug when it came to these issues and that we weren't being highlighted in these spaces. And that was my issue, is I was constantly being put in spaces with white women, having to defend myself when it came to topics of feminism because it only lied within the vision of what feminism looked like to them and what feminism should encompass to them. So that was my constant battle with the term feminism because I constantly was sitting in classrooms being told, well, you have to be a feminist because you're a woman. And it wasn't, okay, well, you're also a black woman and these are the things that feminism also encompasses for you. And that's when I was introduced to black feminism and understanding that Black feminism is not entirely even dedicated to just Black women. It's, it's dedicated to all women who are not being highlighted in the feminist movement. And that 
Black women are not the only ones that are being swept under the rug, but a lot of our experiences are not being highlighted. And Black feminism is the one and only movement that truly highlights those issues for Black women. And that was the first time that I ever felt like my experiences and my voice could be highlighted without me feeling disempowered. Um, and I feel like this is the same thing that uh, indigenous women go through and I can't speak on behalf of the indigenous community but I do know I've heard from many indigenous women that feminism is something that they cannot relate to as well because of the same issues that black women have with feminism and that's why it's so important to have these spaces where you're giving these people the platform to speak on behalf of those issues and like even highlighting the fact that queer and trans women were not even being given the same platform and that black feminism is also there to highlight those voices, especially in the black community, because I know in the black community it is very hard for people to talk about these issues that revolve around everybody without being homophobic and misogynistic. So that was just one thing that was like pounded it right there. And that's why I'm such a big fan of black feminism. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's the closest thing that we could get to a movement that encompasses everyone. And I just, I think that's just one of the important things when it comes to Black feminism that people should know. Moni, when did you really just become a Black feminist? Like, do you have a day where you were like, bam, like, I am officially a Black feminist. Like, did you have a party for yourself? Like, what, what was the moment where you're like, that's it, like, I'm switched? Okay, before I answer that, I just want to highlight, because Indigenous Peoples Day just passed, um, that, you know, Black people are also Indigenous to land, like Black is also Indigenous. So there's like a lot of levels to the erasure that happens. And that's why Black feminism is even more important because there's layers to this shit. Uh, but back to the question of when did you become a Black feminist? Honestly, I don't, I feel like I wasn't really exposed to Black feminism until I got to college because I really didn't take like African American studies classes from a black woman and read like black, you know, um, intellectuals, you know, um, and like black and had like black women that were teaching me these things. Um, shout out to Latasha Levy at UW. She does a dope Black Lives Matter class. Um, and so I feel like I didn't fully understand that I already identified with what black feminism was until college, which is like feels really late. But like if you think about it, like we don't really get access to this type of knowledge or understanding. We just kind of know how we feel, but we don't have the words to like articulate what, you know, this black feminist thing is um, until we get to those spaces and we get the terminology and the knowledge. So I feel like it wasn't really until college, but I will say that like being in a space where black feminist thought was suddenly like something I could learn about. I was like, Oh, like this is what I've been feeling my whole life. Like I'm not crazy. Um, and so I kind of finally was able to see that there were theories being built around things that I already felt as a black woman. And so I, it made me feel like sane again. Cause I was like, I had all this built up anger and feeling like, you know, my emotions were never seen as valid. I felt invisible in the world. I felt neglected. And so, you know, the bell hooks of the world, you know, these great, you know, intellectuals that we finally got to read, I was like, yes, like you are saying everything I've been feeling, but now it's in words and now I can read about it and I can, you know, do this paper on it. And so I finally felt that I feel like in college for sure. How about you? Yeah, I think, <laughs> shout out to my high school for drenching me with white feminism all four years of my high school experience, because wow, did I start to hate white women after that. Um, I did not get the chance in high school to actually understand black history, black feminism, and really how black feminism plays a huge role in the way that we see uh, social issues being brought up today. I was introduced to black feminism um, personally by myself, just doing my own little research right around the end of high school. Um, that was in 2016 to give y'all a bit of context, which is when the election was about to go down. And so I was doing so much research and getting caught up on trying to be ready for the election that I also saw things about Black feminism. And I'm like, wait a minute, because Hillary is out here spitting about feminism, but I'm not feeling sis. So I started looking into black feminism and I was like whoa this is this is dope and then I started my freshman year of college which was 
you know, when I started hanging out with a lot more black people, starting being introduced to more black social issues that were going on. Cause when I tell you my high school secluded me, like drained me out of anything that could ever find out regarding my race and how it was unprotected in America. So let me not get too deep in that. I, once I started getting introduced to that, I truly started feeling like I was a part of the black feminist movement and I was becoming a black feminist. I specifically want to highlight African-American courses in the African-American studies. Uh, Shout out to all those black professors that did highlight, and there's only a couple of them, that did highlight black feminism, black women, and black women that struggled in black issues in the history of the United States. Because a lot of people bring up the shit that happened to the whole black community, but don't talk about how black women specifically suffered from those issues that were perpetuated by black men. So it gives a lot more context to why I truly became a black feminist. I was being introduced certain histories or sides of history that constantly only were highlighting black male historians. And that's great. I love knowing that black history is being told at least. But to know that Black women were being silenced even when we were telling our history was very concerning for me. And I specifically want to highlight Patricia Hill Collins for her book, Black Feminist Thought, because when I tell you, sis really came with the facts. And she really started giving perspective to a lot of things. I really recommend people to read that book because after that, I was like, look, y'all thought I was for everyone. (laughs) But... I'm for us, me and my sisters. But yeah, I think that's when I truly became a Black feminist was my freshman year of college. So like, why is Black feminism important to you? I feel like they're all kind of connected, but like like everyone has a moment where they realize like, okay, this shit's like really real or like you really feel connected to it. So I guess what are things that really make you feel like, okay, Black feminism is the real deal. This shit hella important to me. Um... I think one of the biggest things was when Black Lives Matter came up. I was constantly seeing images of Black men being murdered by police officers. And I was a little confused because I was like, oh, like, it's just Black men that are being targeted in these scenarios. And I was like, oh, like, that's so, that's so wild that it's just Black men. And then I started doing my research And I found out a whole lot of shit. One, Black Lives Matter was first Say Her Name. And Say Her Name was started by three queer Black women. And they were trying to highlight how Black queer women were the highest demographic of people to be victims of police brutality. And yet, somehow in that moment in time, it switched from Say Her Name to Black Lives Matter. Why? Because we live in a masculine dominated society where we highlight more of the shit that happens to men than to women. And so I started to realize that, oh, black men's experiences were being prioritized in the black community compared to black women, and especially even on top of black queer women. And it was so disappointing to know that these three Black queer women were being silenced in the movement that they created to highlight the exact disparity that was affecting them. And that instead of highlighting those, the disparities that they were dealing with, the Black community decided to go ahead and just discontinue that movement and instead highlight Black men that were being abused and murdered by police officers. I think it's perfectly okay to advocate on behalf of any Black person that is abused and murdered by police officers, but the fact that we're going to go ahead and just prioritize certain Black bodies before others was very concerning for me. And that's when I was like, Black feminism is a real thing and it's hella important because this is too much of a common issue that I see in a lot of the stuff that's going on. The fact that, and this is a complete flip, but it's connected. The fact that Black infant mortality is at its highest, and we live in a country of access to the what they call the best healthcare, and yet mother mortality and Black infant mortality is the highest in any demographic, and no one talks about it. 
why is it that black women have to feel unprotected in every space that they're in? Why is that? In a space of vulnerability, we're not being protected. The fact that black women, even on social media, cannot sit there and live their happy lives without a black man having a comment about the way that they look, the way that they dress, the way that they speak, the actions that they do. I don't see what black men are doing that is so impressive though. And how are y'all really sitting there criticizing black women? We have held up movements, started them, and continued them. And yet y'all are beefing with us. It's just, that's when black feminism was really like, bam, girl, you just need to be a part of it or you're not. Yeah, I I just thought of a lot of things when you were saying that. So two things, like we both attended UW and we were both heavily involved in like the Black Student Union and still very much care about the Black Liberation Movement outside of the college, you know, context or bubble. Uh, but I distinctly remember every month during Black History Month, we'd have the Black Feminism meeting, you know, and it was constantly a debate of how important Black feminism is to the Black liberation struggle, right? So think about obviously we weren't presenting those meetings as a debate platform. We're bringing them up to say, you know, black feminism is important because blah, 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 blah. Like we shouldn't have to talk about why black women matter, but here we are. Um, That was the conversation, but a lot of the conversation would move away from issues that black women in particular deal with to why do we need black feminism or is black feminism a distraction from the movement? And it's just very dehumanizing to hear these things because one, they're usually coming out of our own community. And two, it just makes it seem like Black feminism is something that is lesser than or is slowing down the Black liberation struggle. What does Black liberation mean to you then? Because to me, Black liberation is when we're all liberated, you know? And it's sad to see that regardless of the efforts that have been done by, you know, our ancestors, the Black liberation movement has always unintentionally or intentionally left people out, including women. So the Black feminism struggle is really important. And so I think it was just for me, I was just kind of sitting here like, are we really talking about whether or not our lives matter as Black women, as those who identify as women, you know, Black queer women, you know, Black trans women, like, are we really sitting here having to debate that? And so I just feel like that conversation never comes up for Black men, because us Black women, we're ready to ride. If Black men are going through something, we're not thinking twice. We're the first ones in the streets, we're the first ones mobilizing, we're the first ones trying to figure out how to organize. And we never even think twice about, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this, or maybe their lives don't matter. But when it comes to Black women, there's always a what if, an and, or a but clause that comes after it. And it just was like really dehumanizing to see our Black men talk about our lives like we were abstract, like we weren't there in the room. And this is not to say that we don't love our Black men. We always love our Black men. We support them. But it gets to a point where when we don't address how the patriarchy is affecting us, we're not really helping everyone. And I also realized that I started to internalize a lot of that misogyny and how I like moved and how I did social justice and how I viewed the world because I had moments where I was reading stuff and I was like, oh yeah, this stuff only affects Black men. When in reality, all of us were being affected, but the the prominent narrative was that Black men only face police brutality. Black men are the only ones dealing with the mass incarceration. Black men are the only ones who are dealing with all these other issues in the system. Um, and it's very toxic because you're out here, like I I still feel like I have this internalized misogyny because I look, you feel guilty every time I bash Black men. I genuinely like inside, I feel really bad. I'm like, oh, why am I making Black men feel uncomfortable? Like I just have to shut up. And I always feel that way. And And it's because I love my Black brothers and I always will. But I just think that they don't have that same energy when it comes to us. And it's really sad because I don't think twice if a black, if black men need us, we're there. And so it's like, why can't that energy be reciprocated? Um, And even on this episode, I was telling Lonnie before this, I was like, you know, I'm kind of nervous to bash black men because I don't want them to think that I don't ride with them because I do. But why do I have to say that? You know, but when it comes to us, y'all don't say shit like y'all are mute or y'all are dogging us. And it's like, but it's okay, they'll be back tomorrow because they always ride. And it's like, damn, like, it's like that. And so, I don't know, it just makes you think a lot. And so that's when I knew Black feminism was important because it's not just about me, it's about other people too. Um, It's not just about my experience. So that made me like really go on a trip because I'm still struggling with it to this day. And shout out to Moni because she's way nicer than me because I'm really got to dog y'all because I don't give two dams, okay? Since y'all don't give two dams, I don't give two dams. Shit. First of all, black men love to talk about how white men over police black communities. 
but congratulations, black men over police black communities as well. Why? Because y'all open your mouth when no one asked y'all to. I'm a clap in the I'm a clap in the microphone because y'all stay trying to speak on behalf of everyone, trying to speak as if people want to hear you guys talk. No one wants to hear you talk. Stand there and look pretty. That's all we asked you to do. The way black women have been running the show and black men try to take credit for it is really sick. Okay? Stop trying to be the freaking clout chaser, boo-boo, because you're not cute. And second of all, I would just like to highlight when it comes to the black liberation movement, why is it that black women are abused? It's like psychological, physical, mental, all of that. Black men are always being perpetuators of that abuse. And it's sick because black women are constantly suffering on the hands of black men when it comes to the stuff that happens within our community. But we always have to feel like, oh, we have an obligation to black men to support them and protect them. Nah, bro, you can protect me now since you want to open your mouth and always get yourself in trouble. We're not doing this anymore, okay? The fact that, number one, we highlight men like MLK, we highlight men like Stokely Carmichael, let me not get into that, trigger warning, sexual assaulter, let me not get into Eldridge Cleaver, okay? We're not even going to talk about those things. Why is it that these Black men that barely do anything but are praised for being men and having a brain are being given clout compared to women like Harriet Tubman, people like Madam C.J. Walker, people like... Fanny Lou Hamer, Ida B. Wells. Angela Davis, freaking Bell Hooks. People that should have days of celebration. But we got to celebrate. Think about what Harriet Tubman did compared to what MLK did. Okay, he got niggas to strike the buses, though. What's up with that? Burr. A black woman. I know his wife was in his ear telling him to talk all that shit because he, half of the time, half of the time, actually majority of the time, he did not advocate on behalf of black women. I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. If it hurts, rip the bandaid off and keep it pushing because I'm not doing this anymore. We're not going to sit there and protect black men when they have not protected us for how many freaking decades. I'm not doing it anymore. Yes, these men do not deserve the clout that they have. I'm going to give Malcolm X his clout because he already- We stand, we stand Malcolm X on this podcast. Podcast. That's the only male I stand because he is the only black male to this date that I know that has highlighted the abuse that black women get and then didn't dog them the next day. Because I know a whole lot of black men, cough, cough, all the rappers that be talking about, oh, I love a black, dark skinned queen, but the next day are calling her a dog. How does that work? How does that work? And I also want to just highlight, even when we go to hip hop, men like Lil Wayne men like 50 Cent, men men like Tory Lanez that silence black women and their experiences and then try to masculate them, try to manipulate them, and then try to manipulate everyone else into thinking that those black women or that what they're saying is okay, and it's not. And we really need to start getting on people's heads, especially black men's heads, when they are disrespectfully, you know, approaching the black community and approaching black women. Because you come from a Black woman at the end of the day. Don't forget that. Sorry, I was just taking it all in. But I just wanted to go back and deconstruct what you said about Black liberation movements, right? So if we're going to sit here and really think about how, you know, black, women, black women were doing, like, you know, the behind the scenes, the holding it down, the organizing. They were, like, you know, they were there literally every step of the way. But when it came to their liberation, it was, like, swept under the rug. Or they were like, oh, y'all wanted liberation, too? Oh, my bad. It's like, oh, we're talking about black men right now. Like, cause we're like, we need to go first. Like, that's kind of like the vibe that you get, especially like you said, when you're learning about history, we only learn about the MLKs and, you know, the Malcolm X's, which we should be learning about them, but we need to give homage to the black women as well. And I feel like that just never happened. So you eventually internalize that shit. But it's also sad, I think, cause I personally, like, I loved what the black Panther Party did I think their organization was amazing and like the work that they did but then once I found out that it was at the expense of black women getting abused I was like I don't know how amazing that is anymore and like how was this not come out sooner you know it's like you always think about the image right it's like we're playing into this respectability politics till now to this day till 2020 we're trying to cover stuff up and it's like we don't really deep that like 
MLK was out here during the high end of the civil rights movement, out here sleeping with a white woman. Like, if you really think about it, it's not that deep, but it's deep because he disrespected a black woman. It's like, you could have just left your wife, honey. You could have left her if you were trying to save face for the movement. Like, that's weird, you know? And it's like, I feel like he knew he wouldn't have that credibility having a white woman by his arm if he's fighting for black liberation but he has a, you know, a white wife or a white girlfriend. They're going to be looking at him like, nigga, you can't be out here talking about black liberation, but your girl white. Like, shut the fuck up. Next caller. <laughs> they would have been like, next caller, please. Next uh, caller. So. <laughs> so I'm like, I feel like he knew what he was doing, you know? And then when you look back on it, it's like, I can't dog you because you're, maybe your intentions were in the right place, but we really have to analyze, like, he didn't have to be fighting for us because, you know, he had a little PhD. He could have been a little bourgeoisie type nigga, but maybe his heart wasn't the right place trying to fight for us, but he just didn't know what he was doing was, you know, rubbing people the wrong way. Because I will never knock the work that he did, but when you look back on it now, you're like, ugh, nigga, like, he was out here disrespecting your wife. It's like, you can't disrespect, if you disrespect a black woman, I'm just sitting here like, who are you really writing for? Like, are you just fighting for yourself? Because that's what it's, that's the vibe I'm getting. So it just, I feel like people have internalized and normalized Black women's suffering to the point where it's like, you know, in the hip-hop industry, when all this stuff happens, no one blinks an eye. They're like, oh, that's normal. Black women, you getting abused, getting called ugly, all this stuff. It's like, it's deeper than getting called ugly, but it's like the fact that that's normalized, like the hatred towards Black women, the abuse of Black women. It's just, it's just whatever. They're like, oh, Black women, another woman got, Black women got abused. It's like, cool story, bro. Like, nobody flinches. Yeah, and just even talking about, especially in the music industry, in the hip-hop, rap game, uh, Black women are hypersexualized for no freaking reason. I don't, I don't get why this hypersexualization even started, because if you really look at the origin of hip-hop slash rap, it came from rapping about police brutality and the social issues that were hitting Black people. And then out of nowhere, it flipped to gangster rap, hypersexualizing Black women, and it became this popular context of trying to over-sexualize Black women as much as possible. Trigger warning, I'm going to speak a little bit too about like the sexual assault that also perpetuates. When we have rappers talking about um, doing things without consent, talking about having big asses and big titties and that men are allowed to claim women and to treat them like property is very concerning and that's something that perpetuates a culture of hypersexualization of black women and it it continues to perpetuate a culture of disrespecting black bodies specifically black women's bodies and being able to do things that are inappropriate and something that you should never do to another human being and black women have constantly struggled in our community with dealing with sexual assault rape and all these other issues and abuses that come especially by black men and yet black men never want to talk about these things but then say that black women are are trying to dog black men and it's like do you even open your eyes to half of the shit that you guys do every day that literally conforms with this type of attitude and i specifically just wanted to bring up like two statistics because i think it's so important that you know we really deep it for every Black woman who reports rape, at least 15 Black women do not report it. This literally comes from a history of Black women being silenced when it comes to going to police because, one, they feel already unsafe with police officers like every other Black person in America. But, two, having to snitch on a Black person is what they think. It's not snitching. The fact that they cannot get some type of reconciliation of what happened to them without feeling like, I have to sit there and protect a black man instead of myself, putting their emotions aside for a black man who dis deliberately disrespected them on so many levels, violated them. And yet black men are dogging black women. Like that's a huge thing. And I want people to really deep that because that's something that honestly irritates me. Another thing is that black women also experience significantly higher rates of psychological abuse. That includes humiliation, insults, name-calling, and coercive control more than any other group of women overall. And that really connects back to this hip-hop rap game and how they are willing to call women bitches. They're willing to call them hoes, sluts, thoughts, all these names. But the moment we try to call them out on this, it's suddenly, oh, Black women are always doing the most. 
black women are always trying to put black men down. When this hashtag black men ain't shit really went around, black men really took it as, oh, y'all are always dogging on black men, but no one wanted to ask why the hashtag even started. Well, there's a reason why, homeboy. It's because y'all is dogging black women, making them feel uncomfortable. The fact that I can't stand next to a black man without thinking, damn, is he going to try and hurt me is ridiculous. I should feel safe around y'all, and yet I don't. Why is that? I just want to say, like, back to the court cases and, like, black women reporting any type of abuse. Like, black women are not likely to get any type of, like, representation or their word being taken seriously in the court of law, right? Like we already know how the legal system works. So in addition to that, when you're talking about how black women feel guilty, we know what happens to our people when they go in the system. Like we know what happens. It doesn't end well. So it's like seeing that and feeling like, yeah, I definitely can't snitch because I know what's going to happen to this person. It's sad because it's like, yeah, the, this, the incarceration system, the way it is, is horrible. And it definitely is not operating in the right way. Obviously our black brothers and sisters are definitely overpopulating the, the prison cells but it's just disappointing that that's the reality of a black woman that's like you're dealing with way more but it'll never touch like they like no one will no one will pay attention to it when you say it They're like oh you know maybe she's capping or she's doing too much but the moment it happens to a white woman reporting abuse from another man oh it's they taking it serious like oh we got to report this we got to get this man off the streets but when a black woman does it's like our word isn't good enough so it's like what is good enough if our word isn't good enough you know um and when you're talking about like being safe with like black men in our spaces i think it's really sad how we can't openly always talk about you know feminism and like how the patriarchy affects us and how we want to feel safe around black men um of course we're not dogging every single black man but we're just saying like naturally that space isn't always there like it has to to be developed after a really long amount of time or just women are like you know what i don't even know what these niggas are on so i'm not even gonna try you know and so it doesn't even happen um it's like really disappointing because i feel like we're stronger together like as a group and all of us seeing each other on the same page but we don't even get to do that because we're so worried about our own safety and i feel like that's not talked about enough yeah and just highlighting once again if the shoe fits it fits and if the shoe don't fit, don't worry about it. And that really, that really pertains to everything that we're talking about. If you as a black man don't feel like, okay, well, I don't do these things. Congratulations. You've gotten the decency human a card. Like you're a decent human. But if you feel attacked, congratulations, the shoe fits. You are another perpetuator of abuse towards black women. And I just want to make sure that y'all know that because I am unapologetically a Black woman who likes to speak her voice and use her voice to make sure that all Black people are protected. And if men cannot understand that we also belong in the liberation movement, I will correct you. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. We're not, stop asking Black women to silence themselves for the benefit of yourself. Like, we're not doing that anymore. I got a question for you now because I'm thinking a lot about this because we, you know, we're obviously very passionate about social justice. Like, we care about this stuff for real, you know, off the podcast. We're just talking about this on the podcast because we care about it too. We want y'all to hear how we feel. But um, I guess, how do you, how do you feel about the whole you know trust building with men and like how you develop friendships with men especially black men obviously that's like where we be at with the social justice scene that's who we're working with um I guess I don't know I just don't I feel like men don't realize how much it takes for a woman to trust them and be in their space um so I guess how do you feel about that what do you think about when you think about the friendships you do have with men that are healthy um especially black men obviously because that's what we're focusing on and how we build community but just like what are your initial thoughts I don't know because when you're talking about how you know black men don't even notice how we don't feel safe sometimes it's like that's a red that's a that should be sirens going off for men if they don't know that you know so what do you I guess how do you navigate that and what do you think about initially when you think about trust building with men especially black men yeah I I think one huge thing for me is when I do have male friends is seeing really on what end of the spectrum they fall when it revolves around Black feminism. Black men are more than capable of being Black feminists, but you are a Black feminist in the perspective of being able to listen and to be a support towards Black women. You are not the spokesperson. And like we were saying earlier, stop trying to sit in a chair, a seat at the table that's not suited for you. I do not want to hear a Black man talk about, oh, well, Black women need this, Black women need that. Do not silence Black women. The same way we tell white women that we don't want to be silenced in these spaces, why is it that a Black man is trying to silence me now? You do not know the experiences that I go through. You do not understand how I feel like being around other Black 
black men. You do not understand what other black women feel like when they enter spaces. And that's just one thing I have to really identify when I first meet a black man, because I think that's so important to know. And that's how it, it dictates a lot in the way that the relationship really forms. I think I have met many Black men that are capable of being a Black feminist and also not taking up too much space. I have felt very protected by many Black men. And shout out to them for making me feel protected, making me feel like I can be comfortable in a space with them, alone or with other people, and not having to feel like I'm going to be disrespected or humiliated. But there has also been many instances where Black men have failed me in that, in that situation. And that I have been disrespected by Black men, sometimes in front of other Black people, sometimes in front of non-Black. And I really had to come to my senses that I couldn't protect him just simply off the fact that he was the other Black guy. And that we as Black people have to be one. Like, that's a very toxic, unified way of thinking of things. And we're not doing that. Black men are more than capable of having friendships with Black women. But it's like, are you going to give that availability? to actually comprehend what they go through and work on their trust level towards black men? Or are you just going to sit there and approach anything in the way that you want to and approach black women the way that you want to without even regarding their emotions? Yeah. I also think about like when it comes to safety, right? Like as women period, we're always on edge because, you know, sexual assault is real. Like, you know, you just don't feel safe. I'm Muslim, Islamophobia is real. Like, there's just levels to stuff that we always deal with just being women in the world, right? So it's just, like, I feel like Black men, I feel like, don't realize that we want that to be a safe haven. Like, I shouldn't have to walk into a room and be like, oh, yeah, there's a possibility some of these niggas might be weird. Gotta keep my guard up because I don't know what they're on. Like, they might do some shit to me. And it's like, I shouldn't have to walk into a space and that be my initial thought process. But unfortunately, the world that we live in with, like, any man, we have to, like, have those precautions but I do appreciate like the black men who you know very forwardly and very openly talk about how you know they they hear me like they're listening and like uh they openly support uh black feminism and it's not like oh he's trying to do too much and be like kiki ha like you know he's openly like yes sis I got you like that goes a long way to know that you can hear me and you can see me yeah and I think that's gonna kind of connect even with my question for you Moni is why is it so important do you think that there are safe spaces for black women and can non-black people or just people who aren't black women in general so like black men for example can they create those safe spaces i think it's definitely possible i think it just takes a lot of like trust obviously and knowing where they're coming from right i think I've ha- I have, I'm thankful to have, you know, close relationships with a couple of Black men in my life that I'm like, I feel safe in their presence. You know, I'm not thinking twice of like, oh, I don't know what this nigga's on. I like genuinely feel safe in their presence. And we could laugh, we could talk about deep shit, we could talk about the movement, we could just talk about life. And I feel like that is really meaningful. And a lot of, you know, Black women, we don't have safe spaces. Like, I don't think people realize like how every aspect of our life, we feel unsafe. Like the moment you leave the, the house, you're like low-key holding your breath until you come back home, which is obviously the experience of a lot of Black people in this country. But I think for the Black women, it's even heightened because you have to deal with more than just the racism. You have to deal with, you know, sexual assault and like all this other stuff in the world that, you know, you have to combat as a woman. So I think it's important that people are aware that we're always on edge because we have to be. It's not like we want to be. It's a survival tactic. And so it's going to take a while for us to break down those walls because we have always had to have them up for safety reasons. Like I'm not just going to kihi haha with any man I see or a black man for that matter, because I just, not everyone has a first positive experience because you've had some shit happen to you before. So now you have your guard up. Like now you don't know what he's on or what every black man is on, which sucks because you shouldn't generalize. But I think it's possible when men are aware, especially black men of the type of weight and stress that we carry. And so them being aware that, you know, she's probably not going to feel comfortable kicking it with me one-on-one the first day. Probably needs to be a group activity. Like, you need to build trust with us because we're always on edge. And so I also find it really weird when, like, Black men that I'm just, like, first becoming friends with will, like, invite you to your crib or, like, want to kick it with you one-on-one. It's like, whoa, 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 slow down your roll. Like, you're still a man. I don't know what you're on. I don't know, like, what you think this is. And 
they could genuinely be coming from a good place. It's not that they're on some weirdo shit. It's just the fact that as a black woman, I have to build that trust with you first before I feel comfortable enough to kick it with you one-on-one. And so I think black men need to realize that when we go out of our, out of our way to hang out with you one-on-one and feel safe around you, that's real. Like we genuinely feel safe and don't take advantage of that and don't abuse that trust. Like really build off of that and like build a deep friendship that you, that's valuable. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of, women they build that trust and then they get played and that's when the manipulation comes in because you're like damn i really was friends with this nigga for hella years and then he just out the blue switched up and you're like okay now i don't trust any of these niggas and it's like that's bad because how are we going to build our community up if we don't trust each other um and it's not to say that you should trust someone off the first day but there should be an understanding that okay as a black woman i have to build my trust with her because of the shit she deals with and it's not about me it's about the system it's about the world she lives in and you know, how she navigates herself. So kudos to the men who hold it down, the Black men. But I think for outside of the Black community, I think it's possible, but I haven't seen it yet. I don't think a lot of non-Black women make the effort to, like, reach out or be aware or want to have those conversations with Black women. It's not to say that I don't have friends who aren't Black women. I have friends who are not who are not black women who totally get it want me to always feel safe in their presence but I don't think that's the mainstream idea I feel like naturally you know black black women we don't feel safe in non you know black spaces because of what usually happens either we're told to shut up or nobody cares that we're there or we just feel like we have to just be quiet because we'll be seen as the angry black women can never really win there's always something going left but I do appreciate those who are aware of that and, you know, constantly try to fight that. Yeah, I definitely co-sign on everything you just said. Without further ado, we're actually going to close this episode. Shout out to y'all for listening and staying tuned up until this point. And have a great week. And we'll see y'all soon.